Welcome to the Celebration Community Church Podcast, where we exist to meet God, grow in Him, and serve through Him. Question. Are you emotionally ready? Another very loaded question. <laughs> mm. I'm physically ready. Socioeconomically ready. <laughs> I'm, I'm de- setting in Definitely for what this pays, I'm socioeconomically ready. <laughs> Are you uh, ready to uh, tackle the metaphysical vicissitudes of life? I'm just ready <clears throat> to tackle whatever we have to tackle. Well, then with that, we'll get started. Welcome to the C3 Podcast. My name is Nathan Purdue. My name is Derek Mayfield. And Brant Rice. Guys, how's it going? What are some things that you are just excited about in terms of the church's future? And what are some things that you're just kind of needing some encouragement in? How long can this podcast be (laughs) on the encouragement part? Um, I've got three terabytes of space. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Okay. Is that a kind of dinosaur? (laughs) Wow. Oh, is this where man. I put my two weeks? <laughs> <laughs> this is, no, this is where you edit. Okay, well, we need some encouragement and a, and a we need a worship leader. Um, uh, there you go. I, yeah, I need encouragement in how to find um, Nathan's replacement. <laughs> Are you looking at me so I answer the question? That's true. Okay. Um, you know, I... And and I think I've I've shared this on previous episodes as well of just I'm I'm looking forward to another normal <laughs> month week year and I'm getting back into things that feel a little more normal after the craziness that we've had the last couple of years um, you know going through a holiday season where things are a little. Mm. Um, more yeah, if I never hear, hear safe, the word so. unprecedented in my right. life again, it will be too soon. Yeah, so. that's true. I think it just, it, it finally feels like we're kind of getting back to, you know, the way things are supposed to be, whatever that means. And I know those, you know, another normal term, and all that. Another term weird, you but. never want to hear again, pre-COVID levels. Right. Um, do you feel like there's a, a greater appreciation, like in the folks that you touch base with about like what quote unquote normal life was like and the return to that? Like mm-hmm. there's more like fulfillment within just the simple things of getting a cup of coffee with somebody or, mm-hmm. or something like that. I certainly feel yeah. that way. I feel as if until you're in a place where that's not possible, you never really Mm-hmm. understand how meaningful sure. that is and and that's the thing that i'm just encouraged by is just the ability to connect and be more grateful for connecting than i have been yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty dissatisfied that's something that i'm trying to work on um but just taking taking stock of the little things and that gr- and having a posture of gratitude toward them is kind of my encouragement yeah i i think yeah. it's been interesting for uh, my wife and I at certain things where, you know, we have a, we have three young boys, but especially our six year old, like so much of him growing up and learning things, um, was impacted by COVID and how things could or couldn't work. And, you know, he hasn't really been in a whole lot of restaurants. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> it's it's kind of interesting, like mm-hmm. seeing him in a restaurant and like looking around and learning about even just sitting in a place eating is, is it was interesting because it just wasn't something that he was very used to because mm-hmm. 
by the time he would like recollect and and remember being in a restaurant they were closed or you could only pick up stuff from the curb and so um, or you had that to was interesting. pull down your mask every time you took a bite right yeah uh, you know i i i think there's something to what you said nathan that that some people really have missed and, and of course this is part of the topic of of this specific podcast episode but you know you were talking about people not realizing they didn't miss anything until they have it back you know there's an old cinderella song from the 80s uh, you know don't know what you've got till it's gone mm-hmm. and uh that's not just with 80s relationships that is with so many things that we take for granted in in america yeah. um but relationally speaking i just think that people are at least some people are hungry for a relationship and they have come to realize that there are a a lot of false mi- misrepresentations of what relationship authentic relationship looks like real relationship what a missed opportunity for a theme song during this community series nathan I know. There's, there's you imagine time. opening every week with there's, you don't know what you got till it's gone. T- you know, every, every <laughs> rose has two weeks is still on the table. That's we have true. not That's stopped true. recording. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, in in terms of that, just maybe on a on a more personal level, what is something that is just weighing on your soul that you need some encouragement in? Mm. Well, I'll talk from a from a humanity point of view. Um, it's watching the decline of morality and and the increase of things that we never thought would be seen as normal in our society is probably the most discouraging thing as I look outside of you know my own family struggles and things like that um, seeing the things that, that our kids um, will always look at not remembering life before that was quote unquote normal, mm-hmm. acceptable, expected, yeah. and and that's really easy to get dis- discouraged. I can't. I've never prayed more in my life. Jesus, how about today? Today would be a really good day for you to come back. It will keep it between you and me that that I knew because you know nobody's supposed to know the time of the day, but like. <laughs> four o'clock today would be amazing, you know? So I, I do, I struggle a lot with discouragement, seeing the shape of this world. But, you know, just earlier today, I was meeting with an, an older couple, a very spiritually mature, maturing older couple in in our church. And we were talking about that that very topic. And it was just, it it's discouraging to know that our, our children are growing up in this in this world that isn't going to get better and in you know and and that's that's probably one of the biggest things that weigh on me but i also talk to them about the fact that you know people i think that that i'm not leaving out of the possibility of there being a an enormous revival because so many people are are discounting god completely but I think the more hopeless our world gets, the more evident it becomes that people who have trusted in false hope their whole lives realize that that hope is a mirage. I think that 
we may see a lot of people that say there's got to be something else. And I think sometimes things have to get really bad in order for that to happen. So that's what I try to use as encouragement. In terms of like a, a motivation. Yeah. Finally, someone will like say enough is enough and I will yeah. use my <laughs> my remaining oxygen that I turn into carbon dioxide in order to do something about it. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. In yeah. fact, this the same couple I'm talking about. Um, he is, he is almost 75 years old and just delightful people and love, love, love the Lord. And his best friend just died a couple weeks ago. And he said, you know, um, I'm living now. And, and I think he has been, but he, he wants God to use him. And he says, I'm, I'm just I'm living with urgency mm. that, and like you just said, every, you know, I, he said, I don't know how long I've got. And he's in, I think good health, but coming to the realization. And now if we could, as as someone in their how old are you nathan are you 30 yet i want you to guess <laughs> uh, nathan i got you at 29 mm-hmm. all right mm-hmm. and derek 34 <laughs> no <laughs> not quite 36 not quite 36 no not quite 34 wow. i am 36. 36 i'll be 37 not quite. in like semicolon a month <laughs> i love semicolons um but d- uh, easily that, the most underrated punctuation uh, i could not agree more with you parentheses Nathan. as well close second um yeah i i, I yeah I, I okay i'll Open agree with you on the semicolon yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about, that's where like what about in the double, midst of double this... parentheses <laughs> I, I find myself using it so much because like a lot of the the writing that i do for grad school is is very like heady sort of yeah. thing and i find that the parentheses are the places where i can actually inject some of my yeah. logic some of my voice right. into it sometimes and get away with it well yeah i yeah. I, I think you know you're not <laughs> citing that thing so you right. get to uh, be a little bit more i don't know facetious it's true or, okay or so like so advanced grammar aside i was talking about the three <laughs> different decades we've oh, yeah. got someone in their 20s and yeah. and someone in the 30s and, and and of course i i just turned to the big 5-0 um but looking at at i don't even know what we were talking about because i got i'm still thinking about semicolons so you, you were talking about yeah you were talking about the couple that you talked to and just living with urgency yeah. Oh, so so mm-hmm. if we could all, you know, we've got someone here recording this in their 20s, somebody in their mid-30s, and then and then I'm 50. It, if we could, not only in our own lives, and I, and I don't think I'm the only one sitting here that, that would admit that I'm not always living with urgency um, with the idea of every single person I run into is either going to heaven or they're going to hell. Yeah. Um, and... We don't know how much longer this old world has. We don't know what events are coming up. We look at the world around us, and I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that two weeks from now we could be in the midst of a, a nuclear disaster in the world. I mean, that right. I, I haven't been able to say that since I was a little kid during the Cold War, you know. But but if we could develop that sense of urgency and begin to have that eternal perspective, but take that eternal perspective and and apply it to what we're doing today. Yeah. How would how would that induce people or give them the desire to search for hope? Yeah, and and I think going back to kind of what you were talking about a little bit earlier, Brant, of I do think that you know we we see the overall number of people who consider themselves to be Christians or followers of Jesus on the decline when we look at statistics. 
But I think there is some people sensing that urgency that you're talking about that are that are longing for a deeper connection to yeah. their faith, to yeah. that community of of you know people who 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 are with them in those beliefs and in 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 faith. And so, you know, I think that that's a lot of the reason why we have this series that's happening, why we're talking yeah. about life groups next yeah. year and and yeah. the things that that we see as important because because we can, we can feel that and we can see that as well that there's this desire for a little bit deeper connection so that 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 new normal we're talking about isn't doesn't look exactly like it used to um but that those things that we maybe didn't even realize we were lacking in or missing um that that we can be more intentional about creating those connections in that community so that we have that to fall back on when when things aren't going the way we want whether that's across the board with the world or in individual situations in our lives Mm -hmm. yeah I think that it's it's wor- worthwhile to note that you know urgency or living with urgency or maybe we could call it living living intentionally as well mm-hmm. is not a solitary endeavor and you know you you can it can be um, but that is far more worthwhile and probably a little bit easier to do in community with people that you are aware that are going to esteem you that are going to encourage you, that are going to expect and call out the best in you. And to be able to (laughs) dichotomize the thing that is so difficult for us to say, like, these things are out of my control as an individual. And these things are within my control. But... Those two things change when we go up the up the ladder. Communally, something may be within the control that would not be as an individual. I cite the idea that you you said that our church could single handedly make sure that there are no foster children sleeping in DCF offices yeah. in in um, Ellis County. That is an absolute possibility. That's probably not feasible for an individual, but <laughs> we get these communal groups that are kind of steering toward the same thing, both inwardly, relationally, and outwardly in, in serv- a sort of service-oriented kind of way. And we can start to do really re- remarkable things. Um, to that end, I want to get into our conversation on community. And I know that it's been discussed from from the platform that this is the in, um, this is going to be our spiritual development challenge for 2023 years again 2023 okay so i i want to kind of do this um in reverse and i want to say let's just imagine that it's january 1st 2024 and we are sitting here celebrating the success of this initiative what do you think that looks like Mm. i real quick before you answer brant we we you kind of you posed a version of this question to me at the end of the last mm-hmm. episode yeah. as well. And, and kind of what, what I stated in that was that in essence, that nobody would feel like they're going through life on their own, mm-hmm. that if they are a part of celebration community church, if they're coming to celebration Ch- community church, there is an opportunity to connect, to plug in and have people walk through those areas of life with you. And so that's kind of a broad stroke thing. And, and, and Brand, you can speak more to the specifics, but that, that was kind of where we left off the last episode in, yeah. in preparation for this one. Yeah. So certainly, you know, 
<clears throat> how is that measurable with with people um nobody being able to say that i don't have the opportunity to to connect if if we look at this word success like how do we define success with this being our 2023 um initiative as a church and you know i i and and you guys know this about me i really struggle with the whole numbers thing yeah um, i mean people aren't statistics i know right. i know that it's very difficult to yeah. to do this yeah. but you know at at the same time just kind of brainstorming some measurable, some attainable things yeah. to be like, yes, we're doing this right is, right is also imperative. Right, right. Well, in 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 numbers do matter, and that's mm. and that's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm getting at is is you know I really struggle with the numbers thing because of the claims that churches and this was said about our church and and, and maybe still is I don't know that our church is is just worried about numbers and and I know that comes from from different people with different motives and and unfortunately sometimes it appears as if that is the focus and I don't stand on the platform and brag about our numbers in a lot of different areas but we do need to celebrate things. And part of that is sharing things that include numbers. Um, For instance, you know, we have at the end of November every year, a mission giving uh, weekend, two two different mission giving weekends in which we just ask our people to give above and beyond their tithe uh, to um, organizations uh, that our board and staff feel are, uh, are in need uh, nonprofits, ministries, people who are are full time missionaries, people who are part time missionaries, and I think that it's it's important for us at the end of those two weekends to stand on the platform and say we raised this many thousand dollars that we're going to give it all away to people who are are working for the Lord, people who are doing things uh, to make the Lord look good. Absolutely. That's celebrating the community coming together and pooling our resources to be able to do this on a larger scale. Right. Now, are we going to shoot off uh, pyrotechnics in the church when that (laughs) happens? Are we going to spend $10,000 on pyrotechnics to, 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 to make a big show up? No, we're not going to do that. Another example, you know, we did 12 baptisms. We had 12 baptisms last weekend and, Mm -hmm. and to have people applaud in church, in and of itself, that is a really awesome thing. It's like we're not having a competition with other churches to find out who can baptize the most people, but we've got 12 people that that confirmed that they have accepted a relationship with Christ and they want to make a public profession of that faith. So I think that I am guilty of, uh, because of, of being turned off myself, um, you know, over the course of my time in ministry, when, when it seems like numbers are more important than they should... I said last last weekend in church, at least at one service, that you know numbers are important. No, numbers of people who are sitting in church—that's important. And I tend to, I guess, err on the other end of it of not talking about it when sometimes we just need to celebrate that. So, 2024, a year from launching our life groups, um, you know, the measurement tools can't just be about how many groups we have, but that's still important sure. because. Just like I said last weekend, the more people are sitting in seats during these four services we have on weekend or listening online, are are that many people who are hearing about God's plan for their life, about God's love for them, about His Son Jesus, and about how to have a relationship and a growing relationship for those who already have a relationship. So we can't leave that out. So 
if a year from now we were sitting here and said, you know, we have 30 life groups, I think that that's something to celebrate because what that means is that we've got 30 individuals or 30 couples um, who are involved at least in some level of taking a group of people and at some level discipling them, at some level developing fellowship that they didn't have December 31st of 2022. And so I think that to me, that's a win, you know, whether that number is 10 or 30, um, or 50, um, as far as quantifiers, I I think, I I think the biggest one is change lives, people growing in their faith and, and this misconception of people, you know, you grow really rapidly in your faith the rest of your life. That's not that doesn't happen for anybody, whether people want to act like it does or not. But, you know, I, my measurement tool is for me that I guess that encourages me the most is hearing stories of changed lives, hearing people come to us and say, connecting with this group of people. That's my story. 20, however many years ago with, with Dylan is we, we came to this church, the church had good preaching and it had good music and it was and it was contemporary, but we stayed at Celebration Community Church because of the relationships we built. I think we can close the back door of this church really quick. You know, every weekend I'm filling out four to ten cards that I write, personal cards to people who have visited the church the prior weekend and stopped by the Welcome Center, not counting all the people who came and didn't stop by the Welcome Center. Mm-hmm. And if that's happening, our church is not even close to growing at the rate of the people who are filling out welcome cards. Right, right. I think this is a way for us to sh- shut the back door. And so going back to the numerical uh, growth of our church, I think that that one thing that could make more yeah. people be sitting in the seats is they've got uh, a life group of people that they come to church with yeah. or meet here. Yeah, we've talked a, a lot about a, a sort of... <laughs> In, in previous seasons of the podcast about, well, is it even worthwhile to do church membership or anything like that? And and oftentimes, I think the worst iterations of church membership are the ones that are just like, here's what the church expects of you. Yeah. But basically what you're, you're trying to say, or what I hear you saying, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is that we want not only for this to be a welcoming place for people to attend and, and hear, you know, music and and good preaching, but also a place for people to like benefit from, from it. Absolutely. It's, like, it's not like, oh, you attended this thing, check your box off. Oh, you gave this amount of money, check your box off. It's like, yeah. no, we want to enter into a bi-directional relationship with you that you receive things that help you live the abundant life that God has planned for you. Absolutely. And, and also some of that is in giving your time away giving your money away. Yep. Jesus says himself, it's far better to give than receive, right? Yeah. And we want to be good stewards of what Jesus tells us to do, Yeah, right? And stewardship is not outside of a biblical church, right. something that people even think about. I don't sure. think most of the time. Um, you know, I want to go back for just a second to how do we know if January 2024, this this movement of of life groups and sermon-based small groups. How do we know if it's successful? I look at the last two years. I look at our, our new and 22 initiative. I look at our Pray Today initiative. 
And the, to me, the best uh, indicator of spiritual growth through those are the number of people every single week who come who come up and refer to the chapter we read, the chapter we studied, the the, the fact that they found out about historically about the Bible, um, how it applied to their life this week, like the timing of yesterday's pray today or yesterday's new in twenty two. Oh my goodness, you're not going to believe this. This happened yeah. right after I read this. You know, and so, oh my goodness, no, no greater encouragement to to know that our people are growing in their faith. Yeah. Yeah. I I had something to say, but I don't really want to get into de- developmental theories of psychology. So I'll spare you that <laughs> Appreciate one. Appreciate that. And I think everybody <laughs> um, listening does too. Yeah. You're welcome, everybody. Except or, your professors who, yeah. you know, you've probably like, told about your podcast. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry so for folks. our two listeners, mom, <laughs> you don't have to listen to me wax poetic, right? Um, yeah. So I, I just want to kind of put this into a sort of boots on the ground. Like, what does this logistically look like? Yeah. We've said that success is quantified by you know 30 groups i'm not i i'm sure you're not gonna be like oh 29 groups were a failure no of course not yeah, come because on people anyone, step up yeah but but also just the the idea of integration with the material that we are are giving that people are are taking of their time and their lives look differently their yeah. thoughts look different uh, because of their willingness to commit to the the things that we we feel that are biblical directives yeah so what does that look like, like for a, a typical week or for um, like 2023 in and of itself? What's that conception? Okay, so so I kind of heard two different questions in that, and I and I just need a little clarification. Are you are you talking about how do we get there? Or are you talking about um, what is a typical life group going to look like? I guess the first one would be like, what will it look like, and then okay. how will we get okay, there? Yeah, that yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of makes sense to me. But. Yeah. You know, we, we, when, when we sat down really and, and specifically Pastor Derek and I and, and talked about this initiative and talked about what it needed to look like in order to be what we would consider successful, um, what it would look like in order to get people on board with it, what, what are the considerations that are most important? And, you know, really the top two are, continued discipleship and connecting people together in that discipleship. And, and then of course, as, as a result of that hour or two a week, they spend together, um, doing life. We use that, that term and and it's, it's very common term, but doing life together, you know, um, going back to, to what would make this look successful. If, if I walk into a restaurant and uh, Derek's family and my family are going to a restaurant, we're going out to eat together and we walk in there and we see couples that we know have plugged in to the church through life groups, having a meal together. Boom. That's like, wow, Mm -hmm. This is working or, or we go to the Hayes high football game and there's a small group, a life group sitting together, you know, we'll know that they're doing life together outside of that. Um, as far as what it looks like week to week is this is what we're, this is what we're, we're going to really be telling people that, 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 that we want them to do is to make sure they're intentional 
about studying the word when they're together. It's so easy to take a life group, small group, connection group, grow group, whatever you want to call them. And it starts out with a bang with people getting into the word. And then within X amount of months or years, it, nobody's any different than they were when they started it. And then we're not looking for that. Um, where we're looking for people to be able to do that. So what we felt was, was the most important, and, and given the fact that there's so much uh, teaching out there that's not biblical, that, you know, this 20 years ago when our church had small groups, this wasn't a concern because, you know, yeah, you had the latest book that's out there on the New York bestseller for Christian, you know, literature or whatever, um, and you had Bible studies put out by, you know, the the, the main teachers and pastors in the nation. And, and you could, I don't want, I want to be naive enough to say you could trust everything you saw, but most of the things that we were exposed to 20 years ago, they weren't, um, going to lead people down a rabbit hole of, of that ends up in a crisis of faith. And so that was really important to us. And, you know, we, we dropped small groups, um, years ago because of, um, there were so many things out there that, that were not in line with, with, um, biblical teaching. And so we feel this is the time to do it. So to, in order to make this something that does not put too much um, pressure or stress on our leaders of our life groups is we're developing sermon-based small groups. So in essence, you know, we'll have a short video every week. People will walk into their life group, whether that's at the church or at a home, and we will we will have them watch a very short video by whoever preached that weekend, whether it's myself or Derek or, or any of our other teachers. And it will simply be a, a welcome to life group this week, some words of encouragement, a very brief um, reflection on what last weekend's message was about. Um, every week, making sure people understand that if you miss church, don't skip life group. That's another reason to go to life group. And, and just these are the main points we talked about. Here's where we want to go from here. And we'll give them extra scriptures that they can look up. We'll ask them questions about maybe some of the topics that, that have to do with what that, that message was about. And so we're going to give them uh, starters to what to talk about in their life group based on what the current sermon series is. And, and Nathan, uh, of course, you being a former educator and now in, the, in, the, in psychology, um, you, you know that the more times that people in the different modes that people can be exposed to things, the better they're going to remember and then hopefully apply to their lives. So they've, right. they've seen and heard it, uh, hopefully at church on a weekend service, and now they are talking about it, they're reading scriptures related to it, and they're reviewing what they had talked about. So that's, that's kind of what it's going to look like. We will ask them... Um, we have a packet that we'll give all the life group leaders that Renee helped compose that's really awesome that, that says, you know, this is our suggestion for what the evening will look like with your life group. And, you know, this much, you know, spend this time in prayer, taking prayer requests, check in this time and kind of giving them, you know, here's a shell of what it can look like in order to keep you um, on track in doing the things that, 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 that are gold for these groups. Yeah. The, the selection to call them life groups, though, kind yeah. of sounds to me as if there is more than just Bible study. But I want to kind of frame this in terms of like our, our mission statement, yeah. right? The idea is that we are trying to supply places outside of the entire gathered body yep. to meet Jesus, yep. to grow 
with Jesus and to serve through him. So not only would this be these sorts of ideas of like inviting someone to be able to be a part of maybe a more palatable conversation along uh, in, and it would be a conversation rather than maybe a monologue, as as, sure. um, as preaching is is often to want to do, which is not problematic. Don't hear me saying that. I hope, <laughs> but but also, so being, do we have a Kleenex? I but but also being able to to just like kind of talk to the folks that actually like exist in the same spaces because I feel it, I feel it very, very difficult to like go down and, and have a cup of coffee and not feel as if there are people burning like holes in the back of my head with their vision. Like, Oh, he's that one person who's on TV sometimes, <laughs> you know, that, that sort of thing, but just kind of lowering the activation energy to be able to pr- provide a place for people to interact yes. with the content of the messages um, to, to grow not only in, in their own spirituality, but also to, to make the, these connections to other folks who are like-minded, who want to value the same things, who picture abundant life in the same way. And then out of the outpouring of like, wow, this, we have been able to invest so much in other people. Maybe we can go and serve together. Maybe we could go just be the the people who serve at at St. Joe's Food Kitchen for the weekend. Maybe it's something up at church. Maybe we just take over prepping communion cups because right. this is uh, this is something that is absolutely critical to the the gathered body yeah. and, and coming together to do what what Christ tells us to do yeah without a doubt you know when we talk about life groups and and the reason we chose those over the multiple I, I think I found one website 140 different names for small groups in your church and about 135 of them I would never in my <laughs> life it like cheese meter was maxed out on 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 those but you know we chose life groups because we want these people to do life together and that includes serving and that's one of the things we're going to ask our groups to do we're, we're asking groups to meet in kind of trimester 16 week semesters or um and and so we're starting january 15th and we will go to may 15th we're going to give groups the opportunity, the option, I guess, not the opportunity to take the summer off, um, the option to take the summer off because obviously people's schedules are crazy during the summer. We are going to enc- encourage groups to meet every week, though, that they are, in, and if it's in the summer and they've decided to meet, then they're going to meet every week, whether they've got four of them there or or 12 of them there. And then, and then the third trimester would be September 15th to December 15th. And so we're, we're kind of working it uh, like that. But one of the things we're asking all of our groups to do is find ways to serve together in the church and outside of the church. And that's part of doing life together, along with showing up at the hospital when somebody's having a baby, along yeah. with, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, like you said, you know, serving, serving together at the church, being on the greeting team together. Like how mm-hmm. awesome would it be every weekend if, if life groups were fighting over which life groups are going to be the greeters for the for the service in Colby and 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 our our services in Hayes and yeah. and, and so the, and the people who benefit oh, are, yeah. is all of us everybody it's, it's as if like oh man people were cared about in a real in a real yep. like, tactile way as they walked into our community building no kidding oh, okay <laughs> like that yeah. that sounds great yeah. to me almost sounds like like the Acts two church yeah. right there what you just said yeah well and I think that that's that's another part of this I know we're talking a lot about like ways that we can connect and meet outside of a weekend service and and I think those are all 
great things and accurate, but I, but I think it also affects and changes the interactions on the weekend as well. Yeah, that exactly. may, maybe the group is not signed up to be doing the greeting and all of that this weekend, but their group is, is passing by each other in between services because half of them go to the, the eight o'clock service and half of them go to the nine thirty service. And they all grab coffee at the coffee bar and they go sit down and have a cup of coffee together while they're passing each other in the thing. Or they're just sitting there having a conversation in the lobby because it's, again, another opportunity for them to connect together with people and thing. Then people who are coming in who who are not yet a part of the church walk in and see this and experience not only a welcoming environment, but also see the community going on and happening and desire to be a part of that. Absolutely. I want to be like that. When I walk into the church and I see people fellowshipping all around me and people welcoming me, I'm like, I, I want to be part of right. this. You know, in Acts chapter 2, you know, Peter gives the, I would call it the first real sermon of the of the New Testament church, right? He gives this long sermon. It's awesome. He goes through history and all of this. But but then it talks about what what the people do. Well, they did life together. It says they devoted themselves uh, to the apostles' teachings, right? That's that's what we're, I'm not calling myself an apostle or you, Pastor Derek, but but they devoted themselves to the teaching of God's accurate word. And then it said they devoted themselves to fellowship, which, you know, we can talk about different levels of fellowship from, hey, we're acquaintances to, hey, we're going to suffer together when, when our lives right. are falling apart. It says breaking bread together, right? They had meals together and, and devoted themselves to prayer. And then it said they, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Mm-hmm. That's what doing life is about. That we're, our lives are integrated, not for an hour and a half on a Tuesday night at Joe's house, yeah. but we are we are integrating our lives. And so they shared. They 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 met together in the temple courts, and then they met in each other's homes. I mean, gosh, it's laid out right there. And guess what? It worked for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, two things. First, listener note that. Brant did not say that I was not an apostle, so there's still time. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's this... look at the qualifications for apostles. <laughs> Next podcast, join Derek and, and Nathan on that uh, theological argument. <laughs> Are there modern-day apostles? So, uh, I, Hey, you know what? I just I wanted to make sure you, you didn't call me out. And Okay, so, so Nathan, let the, let's let put the, him on the spot. Let Nathan? the reader understand. Nathan? Are you an apostle? No. Okay. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. So (laughs) problem uh, solved. No, I I was just. I think it's kind of interesting that that we talk about the analogy of the church's body, and you know, saying that the body is relegated to just one, um, an hour on a Sunday or an hour on a Tuesday or like not meeting for the summer. You know, it's like, what if I decided, hey feet and ankles take the summer off man yes. you know like though while i understand the the hope that it lowers like the activation energy so people will feel like i can do this i can take yeah. this time yeah. for something that i value yeah. um with the whole hope that this is sort of an infectious thing that yes. takes over our entire lives we that are that can't are, take the summer off guys we yeah. won't do it yeah, yeah it's it's that sort of thing that that here's our aspiration is that faith is not just a group of beliefs to cognitively assent to, but it's an entire different way of being in the world down to how we define ourselves. I mean, the, we are the primary constituent of our own experience, right? So 
we we start to instead of defining ourselves like well you know I I do work I feel like this no the, the first thing that I do is I define myself how God defines me yeah. that I am a masterpiece of God that I am His yeah. handiwork that I am created good for a purpose and though I fall away from these things the God both by himself and through his people call me back to what I was made to be. Mm-hmm. And and that I feel like that's such an important conception of what community can be. It can be the place where we realize what has been true all along, regardless yeah. of whatever is happening, the best and the worst things of the human experience. We we exist in those together. You know, you don't uh, I I suppose you could just like you know, start to dissociate from a hand or something like that yeah. if it's under trauma, like 127 hours, that sort of thing, right? <laughs> but but, you, but like, you said realize. People have to realize yeah. that need. Yeah. And yeah. and no one, you know, this isn't a sort of like, you know, you really should be doing this. No one has ever changed my mind by telling me that I'm dumb or that I'm in, inept or insufficient, but they do it by inviting me into a different way yeah. that I've yeah. found to be compelling, to be better. Yeah, um, It's got to be worth it. To that end, we've talked a little bit about the idea that community is a biblical sort of mandate, sort of a directive. And I know you've mentioned Acts. Um, what are some other locations within the Bible uh, that we find this this call to communal living? Well, you know, you know, when we talk about relationship, we're doing this series right now, as as many listeners know. But you know, we talked in week one about Moses and Aaron and her, and and that they that they held each other up, right? right. And then week two, we talk about David and Jonathan, and in several different aspects of their relationship. But but you know, they had each other's back. They were there in times of of need. And then, and then the, the most recent week three, Derek is, is preaching on David and Nathan. And boy, that, that, that's when it gets tough. Derek noticed that mm-hmm. the week I go out of town to preach in Colby, I give you the, the tough <laughs> one. How do we call each other out? Um, you're welcome. Uh-huh. And, and you know, how do we develop a trusting relationship in, in which we can say hard things to each other? You know, just, recently um just had had people send just such nice cards to me for my birthday and and as uncomfortable as having a party and 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 as angry as I still am as it at, at Derek and Renee both um for that I had one young man um write me a letter and I'm not going to disclose I haven't talked to him about this but he wrote me a letter and it's a young man that I have um I I I wouldn't have been able to tell you if he would consider me a mentor really I've never heard him, uh, to my knowledge, call me in front of other people, his mentor. But um, it was a young man that that wrote this this long note that that just said, uh, "Thank you," and he listed things that he wanted to thank me me for. And one of the things that he thanked me for is telling him things that he didn't want to hear. Mm. And I had no idea that 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 this young man had any appreciation. I thought I I thought he you know, wanted to be away from me whenever I would say things that were hard to hear. But um, that that's so important that we have these relationships in which we can just be honest with each other. Did that at all answer your question? Absolutely. Absolutely. I kind of went down there's a rabbit a, There's trail. a certain relational proximity that has to be yeah. uh, established prior to saying anything that would be contrary. Right. I mean, this is, you know... Trust, th- yeah. This is where... <laughs> 
a lot of the reading about like what it takes to be a therapist really emanates from the, you use the term, the therapeutic alliance, but really what it no, is, I don't, is but go ahead. some, some <laughs> academics would use that. I'm churching it up a little bit. I, I want to do a steam you, you know, Thanks, um, man. Thank and you. thank you. I didn't understand it, but thank yeah, you. But the, the idea trying. is just the relationship. And, and there's so much research that says the therapeutic modality, what you do is far less important than the bond that mm. is there. It literally, wow. it matters far less statistically. I mean, we're talking about the the best way that we can analyze if our methods actually change people's lives for the better. They say that it really doesn't matter what framework, it matters more if you have the relationship that can endure those yeah. and mm-hmm. that can accommodate changes yeah. in both both people. I, I mean, like this is this is so true. I, I even think of the conception of God that we thought theologize out of the Bible. God is a by nature relational being. You know, the idea yeah. of Trinity, these are all in union with one another. They're distinct yeah. s- sort of entities that are c- comprised into God, but God is relational. In layman's terms, what Nathan just said, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) is when there's trust, it's conducive for growth. Precisely. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you got to do just like little superficial things in order to establish safety, like greeting someone, like remembering people's name. name. Oh, yeah. yeah. These are, this, these are so important. I'm amazing at that. That's not this is This all. is really interesting, Nathan, sitting, sitting here in this room with you because Facebook just popped up with a re, a reminder of a video that, that we had posted a couple... Do you know where I'm going with this? I don't, but A couple I'm of days worried. ago. Um, <laughs> from I, probably 10 years ago. I don't know. But it was... We were in the parking lot of the church before we even had a new oh, this church is, or whatever. Yes. Yeah. And, and there is this... Stupid video. I don't even remember what it was about, but I am filming you and timing you running around a car acting like you're spray painting the wheels of the car. I have no idea what the context of that video was, but it is absolutely stupid. And how did we but, go from trust to that? No, because because I'm getting I'm getting to that. He's gonna okay. land the plane okay. because trust. <laughs> comparing that moment mm-hmm. to the conversation that you and I had sitting in a room together in the last episode of the podcast. Yep. Those are not the same people, yeah. right? But there's been this relationship that we've had over the over the last decade plus and spent time together and serving together and in conversations yeah. together and growing that trust that you and I could set in that in that in this room having that conversation that we couldn't have had when we were being dumb and making a video out in the parking lot yeah. spray painting car wheels, yeah. right? And, it has to and, start somewhere. Right. right? But it, start, it, but it started time. there. Doesn't it start with time? I mean, yeah. Don't you have to have time together before you can learn to trust together? Yes. Isn't that true for yeah. our relationship with God? Isn't that true yeah. for our relationship with others? Look at Jesus and his disciples. You know, I love and and, and I pound this drum so often, but the 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 chosen miniseries. I love how it it is so slow moving that it shows the interaction. Mm. Now, obviously they use creative licensing in what those interactions look like. But it brings the human side to the differences of a group of people who are meeting together, Mm -hmm. who are doing life together, and shows that, you know, those people in the movie, and I would assume it's true for the disciples themselves, they had commonalities. They're very different. But it starts with time together, and then trust builds. And once trust builds, we have friends, Chris and Misty Norris, I'll call them by name 
who were in our first small group at Celebration Community Church in probably 1998 or 1999. Still... As a reference, I was five. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, You would have been just starting Children's Church. Uh, This couple, still today, Dylan and I both would call them some of our best friends. We would call them lifelong friends, and we really don't have many people that we can say we know we'll be friends if we're all here when in our eighties, you know, and it started with spending time together and trusting together. When our son Kelby was, was needing brain surgery in Minnesota, the friends and, and, and we hadn't spent a lot of time with the Norrises for years. Mm -hmm. Um, and guess who was there and guess who took care of our other children in Kansas as we were driving to Minnesota the Norse's and it started with time together and then there's trust and 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 that's the beauty of true community yeah I think that there is there are obviously many benefits to communal living these we are social beings by nature we we thrive on acceptance and involvement into a community but unfortunately we live in a moment where a disconnected human experience yeah. is almost the norm it is rather than the the things that we inherently do um so as we look forward to this idea of of coming together as as a church and and growing smaller in a way yeah. in in being able to to live with each other in the best and the worst and the mundane things of our lives what are potential barriers to that and how how ought we um overcome them yeah you know i think as we look at what barriers as we as we kick off this initiative mm-hmm. um not enough spiritually maturing leaders that say yes. That that is a that that I mean first and foremost, um, if we can get the leaders who are spiritually maturing, who have a solid foundation, um, then uh, I think that people will follow. Um, excuses. The barrier is excuses, sure. and we live in a world not only ha- who has has disconnected. But a world who that that is excuses for everything, uh, which stems from a lack of balance and priorities, and and so what I've said for years is we have time for what's most important to us, and so how do we overcome it? Guilt. No, just kidding. We, <laughs> that's a joke. Um, I think we overcome it by beating the drum beating the drum over and over and over again of the benefits of doing life together, the benefits of growing spiritually, the benefits of having people that are going to be there for us at 3 a.m. when crisis strikes, who are going to be there for us when our marriage is falling apart, who's going to be there for us when we celebrate our our child's wedding or, or graduation or just be with us when we want to go do something fun. Yeah. Mm. I'm just sitting here kind of like synthesizing the 
<laughs> the direction in which this this conversation has gone. And if we're if we're gonna like summarize, what's the benefit to you? Why why have you found so much like so much joy in covenant community and and why invite others into it? I think until you have experienced what you're calling covenant community, true community, authentic mm-hmm. community, connecting with other believers, I don't I don't think that we can really wrap our minds around what that what that's about. So I guess to summarize is is it's important if we feel like there's something missing. And and because I so often say, you know, God created us for relationship. You know, that's a common phrase that goes around church all the time. God created us for relationship. But God didn't just create us to have X amount of friends on social media. I mean, that's not relationship. People to share pictures with. You know, you can go back to the days of, you know, when my wife and I were dating. We wrote letters, like on paper with pens, every day and drop them in the mail every day. And it took a little bit of time every day. It took a little bit of effort every day. It took whatever a stamp cost that day. Um, but the benefits of sending it were knowing that I was showing D Lynn love and the benefits of walking to the mailbox every day when I mailed it. And when I had a letter in the mail, cause we lived in different towns, mm-hmm. Until you experience that, you don't really know how amazing it is. And I think so many people and so many churchgoers who their intentions are so pure, we want to grow closer to God, so we go to church, and and maybe we are growing closer to God, but we're missing this element of authentic relationship like Acts 2, where they shared everything, they did everything together, they supported each other, they encouraged each other, they prayed with each other. And I think when people catch this wave with life groups. I think that it's going to be overwhelming the spiritual growth we see, but also the sticking together that we see the body of Christ do, that the ankle understands that it needs the knee, you know? And, and so that's something that I'm, I'm super excited for. Am I nervous? Do I have a little trepidation about it? Yeah, of course I do because it's, it's big and, and, and there's risk involved every time that I stand on that platform and beat a drum of whatever it is, there's risk involved. Relationship is inherently (laughs) risky business. It is. It is. And, and is there always a chance of failure? Absolutely. When has fear of failure ever been a good reason to not do something you know God's calling you to do. Our uh, founding pastor, Kyler Morin, would always say, your best friends are in this church. You just maybe haven't met them yet. Yeah. And and I think that we we all can attest to that to a certain level um, of having experienced that through our time here. You know, And that doesn't mean that you're going to forsake every other relationship you have outside of this church. That's sure. not our desire that you, you know, sure. lose those relationships. Right. But that this would be an that's what additive. Do. Right. And that is that is <laughs> not our that's not our desire. Um because we still need to have those relationships to invite people to come into the church and to experience Jesus and just yeah. to, you know, that it's not it's not all about here and everybody being here but to increase our experience and our, our depth of relationship that 
you know, like we said, that covenant biblical community Spur that can be there with one us. another on yeah. our, our banner verse for, for this series, mm-hmm. spur one another on. We, we need to be spurred on and we need to spur on others. Yeah. I was just kind of sitting here thinking about the idea that the, the kind of call to worship to taste and see that the Lord is good mm. is an involvement of actual movement. Right. I I think that we've talked about this sort of analogy of moving toward the communion table as well. Um, And and maybe this is another analogy that we use is is we are the body of Christ. The body of Christ is reliant on one another and it must communicate with one another at all times to ensure safety and growth and and these sorts of things. So as we, as we attempt to, to bring our relationships closer, to, to foster spaces where people can connect in safety and, and be spurred along, as you were saying, into uh, relationships that, that mean very much about what it is uh, for, for our time here on earth. Um, this is a good reminder for me that we just don't labor in vain. Mm-hmm. That we have, we're not just saying like, "Hey, we think it would be great for us to all hang out," yeah. right? like that sort of yeah. thing. But it's like, let's be friends. Yeah, it's 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 this sort of thing that our lives are inextricably linked to one another, yeah. and as as one suffers, we all suffer. Yeah. As one rejoices, we all rejoice. That's the church that I want to be a part of. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah.